Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of Latitude's In Session Podcast. Today we've got a great show in store for you. We've got Bo Hammock back on the line to talk about his Kentucky success. Kentucky's been tough this year. We've been down there twice and we have been just out of the game. Uh, I made a bad shot day two and I've been just trying to make up for that ever since. So hopefully we can get a buck on the ground this year. Uh, Bo, on the other hand, went down there and was in good bucks immediately and ended up putting one of them on the ground. So I know that I learned a ton from this episode and what his strategy was, and I'm going to implement some of that moving forward. So I think that there's a ton to learn from today's show. I hope you guys enjoy it. One last thing before we get into today's show, if you're looking to pick up any last minute gear before season, head over to latitudeoutdoors.com, pick out what you need. You can save 20% off your order by using the code in session. That's one word in session. You can find that in the description of this podcast as well. Also, if you're looking to pick up a 10 millimeter Lyman rope or tether before season, head over to Latitude. You can use the code rope upgrade for 25% off those ropes. Latitude's 10 millimeter ropes are 40% lighter than traditional 11 millimeter ropes while being stronger. They're rated for 12,000 pounds. They're more compact than 11 millimeter ropes. They're compatible with the Ropeman 1 mechanical ascender. And there's also a bunch of new colors over there. So head over to latitudeoutdoors.com. Use the discount code rope upgrade to save you 25% off those ropes as well. Also, if you haven't checked out Latitude Outdoors on YouTube, go check that out. We have a bunch of different web series over there. We have the Incession series. We have the Grit series, which is all the hunts from the team last year. And then they have hunt recaps as well, which are very informative. So I've learned a ton from those videos over there. I think that you guys would enjoy them. Thank you once again for listening to today's show. Let's get right into it. Bo, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? It's uh, bright and early. We uh, This is attempt number two here, but we're uh, actually, we could call this probably two or three at this point, but uh, we're, we're, uh, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. I can't complain whatsoever with what's, uh, with what's happened in, in my opening season here. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It's six o'clock in the morning right now. I've got a wedding today, so we're, uh, we're knocking this thing out bright and early. I'm a little under the weather, so probably sound a little bit raspy, but, um, yeah, let's get into this thing, man. So we've been talking about going down to Kentucky. I've been down there twice this year, uh, chasing bucks around and had some good luck, had some bad luck. Overall, I feel like we've learned a lot and we're going to figure out how to get down there and kill a deer at some point, but you went down and uh, you were on deer immediately on public. So let's get let's get into that story, man. Let's get into let's just start off with even locating a piece to hunt because that was a big thing going through our heads as well as just trying to find the right area to hunt. So how did you end up in the area that you were in? Like what was your mindset going into this? So my initial mindset going in, uh, I'll even take it back to last year postseason. So we're talking like for us here in Ohio, we're talking January, February was when I really wanted to go down and I was like, I'm, I'm going to hunt out of state this year. So started e-scouting and I'm not going to lie. I was looking in places that were a lot farther away. I wanted to, I wanted to get into the, the southwestern portion of Kentucky where giants are known to live and at least from the guys that I had talked to and try to get into the land of, of the big dogs. And just by looking at, I was looking at bigger pieces here and there and everywhere and just like breaking those down on, on e-scouting is, is tough, just like, you know, and it's, uh, it's tough, man. Like just trying to break down a big piece without being there and then putting it all together. And then when you actually get down there, it's completely different from, from what your, what your mindset is rolling in. So when I got down there, um, my biggest thing was I circled the the piece that I had picked out and I ended up more like, we'll just say north central 
to northeast Kentucky. So it was a little bit closer to home. And honestly, man, I'll go into that after this. But uh, I got down there, and my first thing I want to do was circle around the piece. A, to look for pressure, because the first parking lot that I pulled into, there was there was a truck in, and I actually talked to him for a second. And I was like, you know what? I need to learn a little bit more about this before we before I just step out into a random bean field here. He said the place was jam-packed over the opening weekend. So I wanted to drive around, check pressure, but also check for bean fields. That was kind of my first priority the first night because I got out of I got out of Ohio here a little later than I anticipated. So circled the bean fields and or I'm sorry, circled the public in my car instead of just trying to do it on foot because this this piece was pretty big. It was like thousands of acres versus um, a, like a broke down chunk or a corner like what you try to typically um typically try to hunt but uh but yeah man that was that was my big thing was um i never ended up making it down there uh to hang cameras or uh scout in the preseason so i was kind of just flying by the seat of my pants man and uh yeah that's how i that's how i ended up finding the spot where i was at so you basically went in you went in blind to hunt right like you didn't have any pre-scouting or anything done i went 100 percent. i went in blind so I had circled around and figured out the figured out the cornfields, figured out the bean fields, and just scouted my way in. I parked in the parking lot with. I ended up parking in. Uh, one other guy stopped and I talked to him for a second because it's probably I want to say it was around three ish, two or three o'clock that I pulled in the parking lot. So a little bit later than being able to go in midday and put your boots on the ground and <clears throat> and really kind of into tear into something. So. All I ended up doing that night was uh, I, I, I skirted the edge of some private now. So this at this point, I am, I'm not going deep into public. I'm not going into a deep field that's miles away. Now, I ended up having to walk roughly a mile to get to this stand. But I went the total opposite way of the other guy because he was, I mean, he was headed down into, I guess, a little hub into the woods, right, that backed up to what looked like on the map a big like crp or clear cut is what i was assuming that because it was just like a big a big square out of the out of a bottom in a a north northeast facing slope so it was kind of down in the woods and it was kind of up and on the edge of a, a ridge top there so what appeared to be a clear cut he was headed down in that area so i wanted to circle around and go the complete opposite way because the where he was planning on setting up would have blown out a ton of deer and i was hoping that they would at least come my way if i had a chance to see any of them as well so i got set up it's probably pushing 415 ish 430 on an inside corner and all i ended all i did there was i cut some big tracks and then made it to uh, the point in the in the bean field and where it met the wood line where there was a huge uh, trail coming in and out of the woods and just a ton of tracks there we got a little bit of rain uh the day or two before i had gotten down there um also it went from mid 90s to mid to high 70s in just like a 48 hour period so not only was i bringing a cold front i was bringing uh, the rest of the, the red moon um, and a, a really good moon phase as well. So I was pretty excited about both of those kind of clashing at the same the same point right there. I, I kind of figured I was going to see deer. I just didn't know that I was going to be in deer as well as I was the whole time. So 
won't spend a ton of time on this portion of the story because long story short if, if you've followed my story or even seen my video at this point um i got on the, as set up on the edge of the bean field had a good uh quartering wind to the woods and i was on the so that dude was going to sit on the the bottom the south side of this clear-cut area in the woods and i'm on the very now i'm on the very north end of where that that clear-cut um cut down field or crp field is and then where this inside corner of this bean field meets and then just regular temp timber behind me so I got a bunch of different edge right there, and I got a little bit of uh, topography change right on the backside there with a quartering wind. So I'm set up pretty good for stuff to come out of the woods, out of that um, little clear cut, and the, the portion of the beans that's still off to the north of me. So this buck ends up coming out. Um, he, honestly, dude, he's probably... I would have been lucky if he'd have been an 80 inch eight point, but full velvet, like my first out of state hunt, I, I was honestly going to take the first opportunity that was given to me. That wasn't, um, that wasn't a doe. Honestly, I was pretty much going to be, be bending the limbs back on anything that, that got my heart going. And he, uh, he came out in the beans and it was probably 515, 520. So it was early. He's just out there milling around and he's slowly just working across this field man and at gray light he made it all the way to the edge of the to the edge of the beans that was to the west of me and he cut and came straight back to the east which was coming right down the edge of the field line and i probably had four or five minutes left illegal because in kentucky it's like it's just like ohio you get 30 minutes after sunset so like I said, if you if you've seen it in the video, it, it's dark in the video, but it's I can still see my pins. I just can't see the color of my pins when I when I draw back on him. And he couldn't have been 12 or 15 yards. And what I'm thinking is I either I sh I grazed his back, I shot under his belly, or I went right through like the back strap that's right above the lungs and right below the spine because I had a ton of like it was the arrow was greasy and fatty and uh not any any blood on it really at all just you know just kind of those little spots that you can kind of see in that white fatty tissue um so of course i freak out of, of course i don't have lighted knocks and it was dark but just the way that he mule kicked like he just he went out in the field and stopped and when he turned around or when he stopped in the field i was like dude i i just heart shot this deer he's gonna fall over dead just when he mule kicked like i he almost kicked over top and better front flip he kicked so high so typically when i've had him kick like that in the past you watch him fall dead because you put a good shot on him so i was stunned for the couple minutes that i watched him in the or it felt like forever but it was probably only 30 seconds 45 seconds before i put another arrow towards him now that second arrow was a Hail Mary because now at this point it's probably right at legal shooting light. So I just had to, I mean, this is the point where your rangefinder doesn't work, where you just have to guess. And I put another shot on him and I know, I, I feel like I hit him by the way that he reacted, but the, it was so weird the next morning when I went to, when I went to track him, but, uh, backed out for the night because I didn't watch him fall, but. I was like, this is going to be perfect. He'll be laying in the beans when I when I get back here in the morning. It's going to be cool enough. We'll be good to go. So of course I'm calling buddies and I'm I'm jumping the gun on on tagging out on on my Instagram story and like this that and the other. I was like, I had been in the stand like two hours, 
been in the state less than five, less than seven or whatever it was and tagged out. Like just, I was all excited. I didn't care if this deer was a booner or if he was, he's just my first out of state velvet buck and you never had that opportunity before. So I was, dude, I would have been tickled to death with that deer. So long story short, I'm about an hour and a half from Justin Sinan's house. I know you know Justin. So I end up calling him and I was like, hey dude, I got one hit. Um, I'm probably going to back out for the night just because I don't know what's, what's happening. Like I'm going to ease out of here. And he ended up inviting me down to his house. One of his other good buddies, uh, ended up shooting a, a decent, he was actually, he was actually a beautiful deer. He just shed out and had velvet hanging off his horns. And, uh, so I drove, I drove to Justin's and we got a game plan together for the morning. Um, here's kind of what I want to touch a little bit on this before we go a little bit farther. So when I, I had planned on, uh, when I was at your house, when we did the Q and a, I wanted to be down there for opening week. So just, you know, like little things in life, just kind of push you, push you down and push you away and like, not really like set you back, but obviously I got the time off work. So that's not, that's not a worry at all, but you know, just, this was my first trip out of town with, with our baby. We got a 10 month old at home and just trying to make sure the wife has everything that she needs, man. And just everything's going to go smooth for this hunt. And I only had for my, the rest of my time off at the firehouse, I had a Thursday night hunt, which is the night that I just talked about. I had all day Friday and I had Saturday morning and Monday I had to be back at the firehouse. So I wanted to be back on Sunday. I knew with early season, like this cold front, I was going to either be in them or I was going to be so far out of it with not being, having any boots on the ground in the area that I went to. So just, just making sure things were right at home has a lot to play into this story. Like there's, there's something to be said about like the whole happy wife, happy life. And then just like having everything taken care of and your priorities straight before taking off on, on hunts like this, I think is, is a huge factor and, and why I was able to go down and do this, like getting your mindset right and just knowing that everything's cool at home. And that's the, one of your last worries when you're going to get in a tree stand. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree, man. So you go into the next morning with Justin, do you guys go out and track that deer together? Yep. So we, we get up and let's see we're we're up before daylight. So that way we can be back at the spot by sunrise. So we get there and he, we brought his, uh, we brought his little drone to try to fly the field. But dude, these beans at this point in time, if you've ever been in any kind of green beans that are, have not leafed out in September, especially in Kentucky, like some points of Ohio, I've never seen beans as tall as here. I, when we crested into this field, long story short, the drone didn't work because it couldn't see. Um, and yeah, we go get, we go, I set my arrow up right where I shot him and it's probably 15 yards off of, off of the arrow. We started finding blood. I mean, it's pretty easy to follow blood in these beans. So we're, about chest high almost waist to chest high in some spots in this bean field of how tall these beans are so had good blood until we made it across the bean field to um to the next wood line so the blood's starting to get sparse after we get through the bean field and long story short we end up hitting like a little bedding area off the edge of this uh little pond i guess you can call it so we're on private at this point and i i had gotten permission the night before when i walked out to track this deer we'll just cover that first and foremost because i i talk about this field being private so 
I had taken care of that already. And we we're on the backside of this pond. It gets real nasty and thick. And there's this little bedding area. So, A, there was no blood in his bed. And then after he had gotten up, he had started to bleed again because the blood from the night before was dry in the beans and in the first wood line. And then uh, the we got in the woods and it, it's starting to get to be that blood that is like speck here and then 15 10 15 20 yards of specks here but after that bed he opened up and now it's wet so at some point when we were coming through we bumped him but uh at least we think because there it went from dry blood to red so we're trying to follow this blood and dude it's like it's painstaking to follow it and we finally get to a point where he's heading down into this ravine and we lost blood so now he's on an on another ridge he's gone up another hillside this this would have been a a north facing slope i'm sorry this would have been a south facing slope that he just cruised up now he's following this ridge back to hit down into this bottom so we lost blood and we gritted the whole we gritted this whole bottom so there was a creek that ran north and south and there was a the the drainage that ran east and west where this this ridge point's going to it's leading right down into that where that intersection of trails is so i was like well if he's going to be dead he's trying to find water but there was also that pond that he had already went next to and he wasn't in that dead overnight so in the bottom no blood we this was the gritting portion and i was like you know what like this deer's probably still alive he's not bleeding anymore we bumped him up like i don't think even even at this point i'm like this is not a gut shot deer because he would be laying back there dead if he was I just think it's a non-lethal hit. So now, I mean, you've gone through the same thing before in the past. Like, you're down in the dumps. Now now what do you do, right? You just screwed up this whole area that you had planned on hunting. And so I drove, I drove a Jeep down. I rented a Jeep for the weekend and I didn't bring a little hitch carrier. So we're in, we're in Justin's truck heading back to his house and I'm just sitting over there on my mat and looking for places to go. So I found, um, a big is another huge section of public, but we started talking about like, it's just a, if you break it down. I don't want to talk too much about it. If you break it down to where all the edges, right? All the look, all the, the big, um, not big, but all the small areas that are, that are overlooked or hard to access is what I was looking at at this point. So it's not even noon yet. So I got plenty of time to figure it out. I'll get, get back to Justin's and we start looking at it together. And we, we found this one little spot, a spot that he hadn't been to. He's a Kentucky resident. And, uh, we're like, yeah, we had a north, north, northeast wind, just barely any east in it at all. So I get to this next spot and I'm just like, I just put my head on the steering wheel, man. I was like, I God, I'm putting this in your hands. Like I'm down in the dumps. Like I, I was close to just after doing that, man, you're just, you're close to like packing it in, you know, you just, you don't know if you should punch your tag or you don't know. You just, you know, you just in that mindset of like, just kind of beaten and bruised, you know? I was like, you know what? I only got a couple days here anyway. Like everybody else's opinions really don't matter. Everybody makes bad shots once in their life or multiple times in their life. Like you just got to adapt and overcome. So I did, did a little interview in the Jeep before I left. And uh, I was like, you know what? Like we really got to got to hand this off to the big man upstairs. So like I'm getting ready to pull in the parking lot and hit with another little, uh, 
hit with another little gut-wrenching, like, just nerve-wracking incident. So there's these, I just was calling them tweakers the whole time. There's this, like, family that's you can tell just on something. They're, A, they're up to no good, and B, they're they're doing some sort of drugs. Like, it's just, I mean, it's a, a given sign that these, these people are just up to no good down here. So it's like a, it's like a creek area close to a close to a state route and i get down there and they're like the one dude's messing with the driveway like trying to move rocks around to make this driveway passable with his with his clapped out escalade so the other two are down like playing in the creek so i'm sitting up farther in the parking lot away from them and they actually approach my car and I'm like, this is either going to go good or it's going to go bad and I'm not going to be able to hunt here. So I open the door and they're like, they thought that I was somebody that's going to tell them to get off the land. And I was like, no, I said, you guys are on public land. You're completely fine. You're just, you can go down the creek, do whatever you want. Like they were super nice to me. So I was just like super nice back. Just thinking in my head, like, please don't mess with my car when I leave. Like, that's the last thing I need on this trip. Like, you know, just one thing after another here, like I'm going to leave. They're going to see me with all my stuff. And they're going to be like, Oh, what else is in that car? You know? So I get to, I get the courage up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm just going to go up and I'm going to see what happens. So I had planned on, do you have something before I keep going? No, you're good, man. Keep going. Okay. So I pass the the oldest female in the group that's in the that's in the creek and they're putting they're like grabbing one to two foot like little boulders and like putting them in their Escalade to take them home. So I'm like, you know what? If that's the worst thing that they're doing, like so be it. Like I was like, and she said, but when I passed her, she's like, I hope you shoot a big one. I was like, you know what? I was like, thank you. I was like, I appreciate that. So if you guys are still here, I'll show you to them. I'll show you them when I when I drag them back out was the last thing I said to these people. So it's it's about 12:30, 12:15, 12:30 now by the time I get my stuff ready cuz it's all it was all ready to go already. I just had to throw it on my back and change some clothes real quick. So I'm walking up this creek and the creek the creekish, well, I guess I'll just call it a creek. It runs north and south, but with how dry Kentucky's been, there's spots in this creek where it's still probably three, four, five foot deep in sections, but this thing's probably 20 feet wide, the creek bottom itself. And then the banks in most places are like six to eight feet tall. So you're down in this thing and you can barely see up and out of it if you're standing on one side of it versus the other. I pass a ladder stand and I'm slowly creeping because this creek bank is this shale that I'm walking on is just shale. Sandy bottom is just super, super loud. I'm like, dude, I'm going to blow everything out of here just trying to creep through. So what I ended up doing was I stayed in the water in most points. And I was like, you know what? I only got a couple days. I got two sets of boots if I need to. Like if my feet are wet, so be it. And uh, creeping through the water and then sometimes I'll edge up on the bank hugging the east side because it's real tall it's like waist to nipple high grass and i'm about what i thought was five or six hundred yards from the truck and i'm i made it past a an intersecting creek that went to the north and west 
that connected into this bigger system, but it's heading towards private. And I would have went up that direction if we would have had a northwest wind, but since we had a northeast wind, I wanted to stay more on the eastern portion of the, the main creek. So I'm getting to the point where there's like a little ridge, a little spine ridge that's running north and south parallel to the big creek system. It kind of creates a small pinch in between the, the creek and where the bottom of that ridge starts going up on the east facing slope. And I spot a little buck. So he's and he's not bedded. He's up. He's up on his feet and he's probably halfway up this ridge. And this is to the west of me right now on the west west side of the creek and the point of that ridge comes down and points right towards that intersection of that creek that i just talked about that small little connecting creek that runs to the west so it kind of creates a small little little hub in a way because on the other side of that little little uh creek is another it's this is a bottom so it's it's uh it's got ridges really on both sides of this this big creek bottom so this is just a little topography change right here in the bottom and it's probably three or four hundred yards long and i'm getting a little bit closer i'm trying to I'm honestly trying to put a stock on this deer as i'm figuring there's going to be something else over there and now i'm, I'm starting to see um, some more movement that's covered up by all the vegetation and another either a little buck or a doe pops out i never even could tell what it was if, if it was a buck it was really small i mean the six pointer is probably 50 60 inches at, at best and i got an arrow knocked just because i figure if they're if the deer all congregated then something could happen here so they're kind of just milling around they're just eating acorns hanging out and as i'm standing there the the whites are raining right here these white acorns are just bouncing off tree limbs like it is almost like i initially thought deer were walking all over the top of that ridge but as i'm sitting there listening it's just a ton of acorns raining in here man so I'm still slowly trying to get up to these deer and I made it to about 65-ish yards and by no means was I trying to make a shot at this point being that far. That's, I mean, not only that, but I just thought something else was going to happen here. And as I'm standing there, there's some noise being made out off of this the south facing point where this ridge comes down and i was like i thought to myself i was like that's a buck rubbing his velvet off right now all these deer are paying attention right down in there with a tall creek bank i can't i can't see over there so this buck is just thrashing a tree i can't see the tree moving i mean you know has all this vegetation you can't see farther than i mean really at this point i can't see farther than 60 yards so that the thrashing stops and i'm standing there in this waist tall grass on the east side of the creek and now i hear running and full velvet eight at the time i would have said he was either he was in between 130 and 140 maybe even 120 just because of how quick this all happened this buck ran from the bottom of this point and he's standing on the west side of the creek bank i mean he's getting ready to come down and he's either going to get a drink or he's about to just cross the creek and head over into the other portion of this public. So I had enough time to range him because when he got to the edge of the creek bank, he turned around and looked at those other deer that I had been um, putting a stock on. So I already had the arrow knocked. I had time to range him real quick. To range him, he's at 40 yards. And dude, with how quick this all happened, I slung the bow back as quick as I could. I just, I was in another world. I never settled the pin like I should. Like this is all just 
happened so fast. And mind you, it's it's 12.45. It's not even 1 o'clock yet. So as soon as I'm getting ready to cut the shot loose, the little buck and that doe behind him that are up on the side of that hill still take off running. And in my peripherals, I take my eye off of the buck that I'm about to shoot, and I'm trying to look at those other deer. But I also broke the shot loose. So this the arrow sails right over this deer's back. It turned out those other deer, all they were doing, they didn't spot me drawing. They didn't, nothing. They just, they were coming down to meet up with that deer. They were running right towards him. And if I wouldn't have taken my eyes off of him, I'd have been tagged out at 1230 in the afternoon. So this is all, like I said, I mean, this happened. This deer hadn't been standing in front of me, but longer than five seconds. They had no clue what happened. They just took a couple bounds off. He was still looking at those other deer when I broke the shot loose and they're over the creek bank where i can't see them now they went back back to the west but like you said they're they have no clue that i even that i even exist or i shot at them they just with so much commotion going on that one buck was rubbing his velvet off it obviously wasn't this deer because he was a beautiful full velvet eight and just it happened so fast that it was just gone and over with before you can even fathom or before you can even think of what happened so now I'm in the creek. I debated on turning around and headed back to the Jeep because now, now I'm at an all-time low. I, I, have, I shot one, couldn't find it, and now I just missed one and shot over his back. I was like, I was like what am I doing? I'm getting every opportunity that I need. It's like, I just need to settle down. I, I need to get my mind right. I need to get set up, and I need to, honestly, I need to sit down and just hand it all back up and say a prayer again, you know? So I'm still standing in the creek debating on whether I want to leave or set up. And I was like, you know what? What what do I have to lose at this point? I have one unused broadhead left in my quiver from this trip at this point in time. So I, because I had shot two at that buck the night before, and I'm using an expandable um, schwacker. So actually, when I was at Justin's, um, he gave me another, the OG Schwacker, the green ones that um, he had an extra one that he doesn't shoot anymore, which I had, I think had another role in this because when I don't think when I was, when I was shooting at his house to make sure my bow was right, they have the ones that I shot, they're the Levi Morgan ones. And I don't think I took my set screw out of the one that I shot over his back, which I, I think I did because when I went back to the car at his house, I think I adjusted everything before I took it, before I put everything back in my quiver. But uh, just think, you, you know, you just think of all these things after the, after the hunt and like, did, did I do that? Like this, that, and the other. So I'm still standing in the creek and I have no, I just, my mindset's an all time low. So I got to talk myself into setting the stand up and, and getting set. So where I had scouted was kind of, it was a bigger, it was a, it was a bigger style hub than what I was just focused on or where I was just standing where I just shot that buck. So I wanted to get a little bit farther in the Creek. So I ended up walking almost a little over a mile to get to this point. So and mind you, I was only 500 yards from the truck where all this just went down. So I made it to where I e-scouted and put a little pin on the map and it was just, it was dry, man. There was the creek crossings, the, I couldn't find any, any hub scrape here. I couldn't find any, any sign that the deer were hanging out in this area whatsoever. 
So this the creek never broke off. It's still still running north and south. So I did a U-turn. I went right back down the creek bank and I set up in a tree that was two yards away from that buck that I had just shot at. And like I said, I got up in the tree. It was clean. That was with our gear and our systems. Like I absolutely love everything about my set, my system and my setup. Like it was so flawless. Got up the tree so clean, so quiet. And I got set up and sit down in that tree. And I was like, the first thing I'm doing after I bring my bow up is like, I'm putting my elbows on my knees and I'm saying a prayer because there's no other reason why all this is happening. Like I'm in an area I've never been, never had boots on the ground, never had cameras, literally just using woodsmanship to go in here and find sign, find deer. Ultimately, I think if even if I didn't shoot at this buck, I think I would have ended up in this spot because of the acorns raining down and this creek crossing that that buck was getting ready to cross was hammered out in this creek. Just there's deer sign in the area. It was just screaming deer. So, and not to mention this, this bottom strip of creek and woods is maybe in total, it might be a hundred, 200, 300 yards max wide. And then there's ag surrounding it. So it's kind of like a natural funnel that's going to keep deer in it as well. So I'm, I'd say a prayer and it's, maybe 315 now by the time i got everything set up and did the walk and got situated so dude i'm not kidding you when i pick my head up to scan there's a buck standing under a tree at 70 yards at first i couldn't tell what he was but it was the as soon as he moved it was that same buck that i had just shot at two hours ago so he's just there's something to be said about watching deer in their in their natural element like this buck has no care in the world he's sitting there cleaning himself he's eating acorns he's just you know when they stand there and they flick their tail like 800 times in a minute he's just he's just thinking that he's untouchable anything that's coming through like he's just in his element it's just it was the coolest thing to watch these deer from from the stand man because there was there was a couple back in there i mean but with how he was the one that was the closest and everything else was just kind of in the background you can see through some points of the opening in the vegetation and at some point at some point i lo- i lose them so I was like, well, it's early. They probably bedded back down. I interrupted their middle of the day feeding or their middle of the day um, coming down, getting a drink of water because they're hot. Um, So it was about two hours, two and a half hours since since I had seen them. And uh, let's just say, yeah, because it was 5.15. So here's another thing I want to touch on just because I'm talking about time frames. I really dug into the moon guide and red moon and just moon phases in general, but more focused on overhead and underfoot. So when the moon's at the peak of it being the moon set, so moon setting being underfoot and the moon rise at the highest overfoot. So tonight, and I've kind of, I've correlated this back to deer in Ohio as well. So this, I'm just not talking about Kentucky hunt. I've kind of been hit or miss on the red moon. Like I still haven't figured that one out other than the fact that that's supposed to be the, the, the prime time. But honestly, I'm finding a bigger correlation between the overhead and underfoot. And that has to correlate. That correlates with the deers when their peak feeding is every 12 hours ish, give or take. So the moon set tonight 
on September 8th in this area was 4.49 p.m. So we're directly underfoot at this point, and we're talking 5.15 p.m. Like I said, I went back on some of my even bigger deer in Ohio, and I'm going to be hunting a lot based off of overhead and underfoot because it's trail cam picture data says it and i just experienced it here so going more into 515 530 this uh this evening um the first deer i see get up was actually like a non-typical he was he didn't walk like he was hurt but one of his i believe it was his left side was kind of goofy and non it was like just weird like the main beam was like kind of squiggly in a way and uh just had some random points coming off of it here and there but he had a pretty strong pretty strong right side he probably would have been a a 10 uh, excuse me a 10 pointer or so but just had a bunch of trash and crazy stuff but that ended up being i believe that deer that was rubbing his velvet off because then the second buck that come around so there's they were bedded about 75 80 yards away at the they were on the lower third of this little ridge system that i talked about that's running north and south of the creek here and they were on the they were on the south facing slope the southwest facing slope because we got a northeast wind so if the guys can picture that the wind's coming over their back and they can see everything down in the drainage but they're on the opposite side i'm on the north i'm on the southwest side they're on the southeast so they're working their way to the east and this was the first night that I've ever experienced thermal creep because we had a nice little steady wind anywhere between two to four-ish mile an hour. Maybe I wouldn't even say it was four, but at some point it was like nothing. And where I set up, if I would have set up any farther, any closer to them off of the creek, I probably would have been screwed because at this point of the night, the eastern facing slope is shaded. And any time my there was no wind when the thermals were still pulling when the sun was in my face as soon as they hit the edge of that shade on the east facing slope it would pull directly down to the creek and directly out with the with the north wind so that was the first time i've ever seen milkweed do like the the quote unquote thermal creep so i was bulletproof at this point i knew that when there was no wind these bucks were not going to smell me when they came across into the shooting lane and my thermals were already pulling down in the in the shade so i was set these bucks are slowly working their way i was like i didn't care at this point like whether it's the velvet buck or the fully shed buck i'm going to shoot whichever one gives me an opportunity and these these white oaks are like a a u shape a small u on the bottom side of this this ridge system so they're coming right i mean they're feeding directly directly to me on this this south facing ridge or the south facing point sorry and one buck the full velvet eight decides to come directly below this little rock face and the shed buck goes above it so at the time i didn't know it until i until i got down but it was the because at this point I, i am so focused on the execution of this shot that i knew they were both bucks and i didn't care i wasn't looking at it i i had screwed up two two times already the third time is on me so these bucks are coming through and the first one that stepped into the shooting lane at 35 yards was was getting hammered and that's directly where he's headed so he steps in and i let it eat so he i had to stop him because he was going to go through my lane he stopped with his front side his front shoulder facing me he stayed in stride so that that shoulders forward and his offside shoulders back when i broke the shot the deer dropped and 
I thought I spined him, but I actually made a phenomenal shot. It just, when it buried in him, it hit the opposing shoulder and it just, it must've shocked him and, and dropped him. Cause I, I was nowhere near the spine and it was, it was a double lung. I mean, he would have went nowhere if it would have been, if it would have been a pass through. So I end up shooting another time from the tree. It didn't connect. So I got down and, and finished him off as quick as I could, but I just, this, this hunt was so many, so many downs and, and so many, like it can change in, in the, the blink of an eye. Like I couldn't believe that the deer that I just tagged out with was a deer that I had shot at twice in one day. Yeah, that's, that's cool, man. The big thing there for me is those whites being hot. Um, you know, it's been, we've struggled quite a bit finding whites. We found two groves of whites that were hot in Kentucky and both of them had deer coming to them that night. So that's something that we've been focusing on a lot too, but I've walked by probably 95% of the whites I've seen and they just aren't dropping acorns this year. You know, the, the chinkapins have, are loaded good. The burrs have some acorns on them. The chestnut oaks have a ton of acorns, but, but the whites are hard to find. So the fact that you got in there and found some whites that they were feeding on, I mean, and then you sat it on was, them. It just it put you in the game, dude. It was dynamite. That's it. it was it, that was where all those deer were, and I'm sure there were there were going to be more that came to that tree that night. There was the woods was coming to coming to life when when that all went down. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So how did it feel walking up on that buck, dude? I, of course, we never want them to go through a a bad death, but I is that's why I wanted to get down as quick as I could because you know how they you know how they are when they get shocked like that they don't just they don't just fall there and take their last breath right then and there so I got down put another arrow in him it was super quick like I I took care of it as quick as I could I I hate seeing that part of it because honestly like it's it's not the kill it's it's the chase it's the the biggest thing for me with this trip was like I knew nothing like I didn't I, I was like I'm not waiting on this 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 10 point with a with a split g2 to walk in like i knew nothing about these deer so when i got to sit behind this deer like dude i i lost it like i got emotional you know just it's a, my a beautiful out of state full velvet eight he i, I still haven't put a tape on him because honestly i don't care um but he's a beautiful buck i would say his his twos are super long like he's not crazy heavy but I am, this is the most proud I've ever been of a deer. I don't know. I don't even know if you know this. That's my, so A, it's my first out of state. A, it's my first velvet, but B, that's my first public land buck. Cause I haven't, I haven't connected with a public land deer here in Ohio yet. Yeah. That's super cool. So it's, that's an awesome memory. So that dude, I, I will be forever proud and grateful of this deer. This, and that's where like, remember how I, I, I kept bugging you. I was like, dude, we need to get on a podcast. We need to talk about this. Like I, and as, as a family, as um man in my household, like you always want to set examples for your boy, right? Like we, and by no means am I a, a hundred percent perfect example of this, but we, as a family decided to like give our family and give our um, give ourselves to, to Christ. And like, I don't want to go too, too deep into this if you don't want me to, but that is a huge, like a huge factor in, in getting your home life right and raising your children today. Like it is, it is insane to see what, what he can do in your life. And like, it has a lot to do with hunting too, man. Like when I went down 
like I was getting my mind right with some hunting podcasts, but like my last my last few, like hour two hours in the car I just put on some some upbeat like worship music man and i just like i was giving that trip up like it was completely in his hands like there's there's a few there's a few youtube channels there's a few groups of guys out there in the hunting industry and if you look and see what they put first and it's not hunting there's some of the biggest names in the hunting industry out there and i i think there's a correlation there and that's what i did man i just i gave that trip up and i was like god it's your will like if you pray it you believe it you get in that mindset that you're going to go get it done it, that's how it's going to be so i don't want to i don't want to sound like a preacher here on on your podcast but he's given he's given a platform for a reason man and that's i just feel like using that platform is is a spot to is a great spot to talk about it so yeah that's really really cool man um so we're about an hour into this thing let's let's real quick let's just cover ohio coming up so you've got ohio on the horizon we are we're what when this launches we're going to be five days out so how's ohio shaping up for you uh i got cold chills right now thinking about it man uh i haven't gone down to southern ohio and and checked those cameras yet um honestly i only have a few out down there but uh i had some great deer on there last year and i know i got the hub dialed in this year um i kind of talked about it a little bit in the q a so that was a that i said that completely wrong that target that hub that i targeted down there last year was a west facing hub with some southern points on it so that's what i was targeting last year i'm targeting a hub that's facing east this year and has points from the north points from the west and points from the south and i know for a fact those deer were going over into that other hub i found a ton of sign down in there um postseason but up here in farm country man i uh i'm gonna be chasing a booner at least at least one because i already have him on some on some white oaks so i'm i'm super excited to to get into the the public woods up here up here by where i live and let's just say it's going to be a it's going to be a great opening week i'll tell you that right now awesome man well so lay that buck down and we'll do another podcast dude i so ohio's looking great but i'm going to indiana too so i'm a i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do the trifecta this year i'm gonna i'm putting a good one down here in ohio and i'm gonna go over to indiana with i got nothing over there as well so I'm going to get my feet wet in two different states this year. That's awesome, man. I can't wait to hear how that goes for you. We're uh, super excited. I got cold chills thinking about it, man. So I just, that's, uh, that's really all, that's really it, man. I just uh, going to get it done here in Ohio as, as quick as I can. And uh, the pressure, the pressure looks like it's going to be on this year. I'm running into spots that I've never seen cameras other than mine. in. so we'll see how it goes. We'll see how that plays a part in, uh, in my Ohio chase the corn the corn's definitely green pretty green still so it's going to be interesting to see last year that's what i had issues with those bucks holding up in that corn but dude you talk about sparse acorns i can't step in the woods without stepping on acorns i got reds dropping i got whites dropping so i just i went in the other day i had to break it down because there's so many acorns i had to find where they're targeting right now so i'm gonna have to do that I'm going to have to do that day one whenever I go in there again. I don't know that it's going to be on the 30th if I get in there. I really would like to, but we'll see. 
I just I want to play it right. I want to have it looks like we're gonna have. Did you look at this yet? We're gonna have easterly winds for opening weekend. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're a week out, but it's forecasted that way right now. It could it could change, but it might not. Um, but I have been have been looking at all my maps and formulating some plans based on those east winds. So yeah. I, I, I actually if, really I really if that's like the, the case. East. If that's the case, then that that might throw a wrench in in my farm country sit. I might have to go. I might have to look at um, that spot down south and just enroll up in there. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes sense. It's going to be, I know two years ago we had east and northeast winds for the opener, and it was uh, it was tough for a lot of people, for sure. But yeah. I'm sure you'll get it done, man. Well, hey, we're at an hour five in this thing, so we're going we're gonna to cut this one off. But thank you for coming on and telling your story. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm pumped that you went down to Kentucky and got it done, and I'm really excited to see what Ohio holds for you. I can't wait, man, and uh, you as well. I love love following everybody around and you know, just uh, get in there and use that use that never quit mentality because I know you're you're one of the OGs of that. You don't give up, so oh, yeah. you're probably you're probably at two thousand miles already. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's starting to stack up pretty quick. But hey, Bo, where can people find out more about you? So Instagram being Bo Hunter Adventures, and that's B E A U. And uh, go check out uh, Bo Hammock. It's on my YouTube channel. I threw out that uh, throughout my first video. You can go check out Kentucky and everything. The only thing that's in that that's not in that is the fact that I shot at that deer twice because none of that's on video. And don't beat me up too bad about the video uh, about the kill shot film because of course I couldn't find my new fluid head for my phone before I went down there. So I just kind of had to adapt and overcome with the footage as well. But it gets the point across. So. Yep, I love it, man. Well, hey, thank you again for coming on today's show. Uh, we will hopefully have another update with you here shortly. You're definitely going to have at least at least two more updates. We're going to have to do this. So, Jake, congratulations on uh, you and Hannah's marriage, and can't wait to see what the future has for you guys. Yeah, appreciate it, man. We will talk soon. All right, take care, buddy. All right, everybody, that is a wrap for today's show. Thank you for listening. If you could, please head over to iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a written review. See you next time.